This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, everybody. Uh, Rav Shimi should have been here addressing you all tonight. However, as he is currently unwell, and I'm sure everyone will join me in wishing him a refuah shalema, uh, he asked me to open the proceedings since uh, he knows that uh, it's from me during a Shabbos Kiddush vote that uh, I will give it will come from Rabbi Glatstein. It's been the way for a number of years. Uh, this year uh, should be a refuah shalema for Tzivia Yael Bas Chaya Dalia. We're honoured, Rabbi Glatstein, to welcome you to our shul tonight, to Shomri Adas. Uh, I can't personally remember when I started listening to you, but you just had about a thousand shirim on tour any time at the time. And I believe now that it's in excess of six and a half thousand. Uh, I must recommend uh, the <coughs> prolific and high quality shiurim that he gives uh, and are available on Torah Anytime, on the All Parsha app, on rabbidg.com, as well as the podcasts. I have to say, I ask myself, do you ever sleep at all? <laughs> and judging by your itinerary today, over the last 24 hours, uh, New York to London, to Manchester, to Old York, uh, with more Shearim, and uh, here, uh, another two Shearim tonight. See, obviously, that's, that's not the case. Your, reputa- your reputation as, a, as the author of some of the most illuminating and thought-provoking Shearim and Sephorim attests to the following you have garnered throughout the Jewish world. Um, and I just want to mention that Rabbi Gladstein does have Sephorim that are available to purchase also. Without any further ado, I welcome Rabbi Gladstein. Thank you so much, Lee, for that very warm and kind introduction. I remember uh, last time I was here, I had the good privilege to speak in Manchester and enjoyed having Lee in the audience. And then when I was in Edgware, I had him in the audience as well, and in London. (laughs) And uh, I appreciate uh, Lee's encouragement. Actually, I think about Lee every day, every morning, at least three times. I say, in fact, when um, Lee's wedding, he made it very clear when he said, Just to make it absolutely clear. Thank you so much for that very warm introduction. And um, we're sorry that the Rav cannot be here this evening. We wish him Rafur Shalema. And uh, although I would have loved to have seen him, but uh, as a Rav myself, I'm very pleased to give him a night off and he should enjoy his rest. His, uh, it's not easy to get rest as a rabbi. And I want to speak tonight about one of my favorite subjects. Thank you, Rabbi Pinchas, for your very warm hospitality, and Rabbi Aviv, and all my chaverim who have uh, come this evening. Really one of my favorite subjects. Uh, tonight is Rosh Chodesh Kislev. So we're ready within arm's length of Hanukkah, Habalim And there's a very famous tefillah, actually when I was at Marav tonight, I already saw advertisements for this tefillah. 
And this tefillah is based on the Gemara Navayda Zara. There was a woman by the name of Bruria. Bruria was a very interesting woman. She was the wife of Rameir. Tough lady. The Gemara tells us she once saw a student was learning and the student was not enunciating the words of learning. So it's Batash, she kicked him. You know, she was a personality. On the other hand, she was very tolerant. We know when Rav Meir sometimes wanted to uh, pray to, to eradicate the sinners, Bruria Davin, that they should do tshuva. And Bruria's sister, who is also the daughter of Hanan ben Tradyon, was uh, taken in prison in a prison of harlots. And she was very embarrassed about this. And she went to her husband, Rav Meir, say, you know, you got, you got to help her out. And Rav Meir took a bundle of money and went into this place of ill repute. And he tried to bo- uh, bribe the jail warden to release this woman. And actually at first he was hesitant because he said, you know, maybe she sinned or maybe she became a sinner. So surprisingly, he tested her. He said, uh, he, made, he made an appointment with her. And she said, no, not a good time. I'm Tomei. They're more beautiful than me. And he realized that this was her regular modus operandi, and she was Tahar, and he, de- he was determined to rescue her. And he bribed the warden, and the warden said, well, what am I going to do? But what if the government is after me? He gave her the following three-word tefillah. Just say, Elaka the mayor Anini, the god of mayor should answer me. And he said, where did you get that? Well, just because it's on a, a, bill, a, a billboard somewhere, who said the tefillah works? He said, let me demonstrate. There were some dogs that used to bite people and Rav Meir incited the dogs and he threw dirt at the dogs and the dogs came to attack and he said, and the dogs dropped dead and the warden was convinced and uh, sure enough, Rav Meir takes his sister-in-law and he ran away. The Gemara said he had to disappear basically because of this embarrassing act that he had to do. This is the tefillah of Rav Meir. Rav Meir offered her a tefillah, offered the jail warden a tefillah, tefillah, the mayor Anini. A very difficult tefillah. The God of Mayor should answer me. The Marsha is bothered, famous Marsha, that how could Rebbe Mayor say, the God of Mayor should answer me, as if God is the God of Him, His God, as if God associates specifically with Him. We know there's a rule that God does not associate with the living as long as they're alive, because as long as a person is alive, there is always the possibility that a, a person could veer off, and therefore God is not willing to associate with a living person. It's a like, hey Avraham, the upachad Yitzchak. But not Elokei Yitzchak, because as long as Yitzchak was alive, God would not associate his name with him. So how could Reb Meir say, Elaka de Meir Anini, Reb Meir was still alive, and God does not associate with the living? Question of the Marsha. The Marsha gives two answers. The first answer of the Marsha is, he didn't mean himself. He meant the Lord that illuminates the earth. Hameir la'aretz v'ladarim aleha berachmim. The one who illuminates the earth... He should answer you. And then the Marsha gives his famous second answer. Second answer is, the God who illuminated for the Jewish people in the darkness of the Golos of the Greeks, Bechashechas Golos Yavon, Hu Ya'anenu. So when Rameir said, Elokad de Meir, he didn't mean my God, he meant the God who illuminated the lives of the Jewish people in the times of the Greek Empire. Elokad the mayor, lanu b'malchus yavan. 
There are a few questions over here. What, God only saved the Jewish people in, t- in the time of the Greeks? Why would Reb Meir specifically focus in on the salvation in the times of Hanukkah and say, the God who illuminated our eyes in the times of the Greeks, He should answer us. What does He have against Purim? What does He have against about Pesach? There have been many Jewish salvations. Why is Reb Meir only summoning and invoking the salvation of Hanukkah? What is Reb Meir's focus on the Yom Tif of Hanukkah? And why was this the tefillah of Reb Meir? If Elokad de Meir does not mean him, it means Hanukkah, then why didn't Rabbi Akiva say Elokad de Meir Anini or someone else say Elokad de Meir Anini? Another interesting question. The Magin Avram, Magin Avram, by the way, is the most concise of all the commentaries on Shulchan Arach. Magin Avram was so poor that he could not afford paper and pen. Some of commentary Magin Avram he wrote on the walls of his house. And it's an extremely uh, concise commentary. By the way, the Magen Avram also wrote a commentary on the Yalkut Shemaini called Zayas Ra'anan. And it's also extremely concise. The Magen Avram says, the minog is to distribute tzedakah on Hanukkah. It's interesting. We know there's Matano Yislav Yoinim. We know there are various uh, times of the year that we give tzedakah. The Magen Avram brings specifically that there's a custom to distribute Tzedakah on Hanukkah. What is the connection between Hanukkah and the Mitzvah of Tzedakah? In fact, there was a Kadmoin by the name of Rabbi Shaul ben David who wrote a Sefer, Chanukah's Habayis, which is already quoted by Magin Avram, that the word Hanukkah, if you atbashet, atbash is where you take the first letter of the alphabet and you substitute it with the last. Aleph is a Taf, Bez is a Shin, by the way, on that subject, and um, of no relevance to anything, <laughs> the Pasuk says, Vashem Berach es Avraham ba koil. What exactly is this great bracha, Hashem Berach es Avraham ba koil? And there's an amazing gura in the Hakdama to Mesech Kalim in the Shnois Elio. It's Oyam Venoira. Because what kind of system is Atbash? What kind of code is like a very... Uh, Unusual code. The first letter is the last letter. The second letter is the second to the last letter. What kind of code is this? No, there's a, there's a method to the madness. This is a very important cloud. It's a very important system. It's God responds to us in kind. Hashem Tzilcha. So as we go up, Hashem comes down to us. So when we're Aleph, Hashem's at Taf. We go up to Bez, I'm coming with you. I'm at Shin. When you're at Gimel, I'm at Reish. I'm headed to you, I'm headed to you, I'm headed to you. Now, <clears throat> one of the holiest spots on earth is the water, the yam. The yam. The yam is like a mikvah. It's very, it's very holy. It, it's metahir even. Yam represents that if you go as high as Yud, God will come down as low as Mem. And that's really close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I mean, that's a major... Um, elevation on your part, and that's a major response on behalf of God. Yam! Yam! Yud, you went all the way up to Yud, and God came all the way down to Mem. But that's not the highest connection to God. You know what the highest connection to God is? Vashem, Beirach, Es Avraham, Bakoil, where you went up to Chof, and God came all the way down to Lamed. That's the meeting of uh, Avraham Avinu and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the great Madrig of Hashem, Beirach, Avraham, Bakoil. So Yam is pretty good, and the highest is Koil, 
Vesechta Lim Kol Yam, says the Gra. Only the Gra could come up with that. Anyway, if you use the system of Atbash, see, I wasn't even going to say that. That was just because uh, Lee gave me such a nice introduction. So, <coughs> The Chanukah and Atbash is Soid Tzedakah, the secret of Tzedakah. Chanukah means the secret of Tzedakah. So Chanukah is the embodiment of Tzedakah. It means the, the root of Tzedakah. Why is that? What's the connection between Chanukah and Tzedakah? And here's a beautiful diok. Today, Lee was there, right? We were in the city of York. A number of the Bali Hatoises were murdered at the York massacre, including Rabbi Yamtuf ben Rabbi Yitzchak. The Munkhatcher brings down in a sefer. That, that's why, you have to come to all the shiurim, because not, I didn't say everything in York. Sometimes I'm going to say Lee Shul, you know, about what we did. The, the Mincha Salazar brings, what's the Rav's name? The Rabbi. Rabbi Miller. Rabbi Miller Shul, right? <laughs> so, um, the Munkacha brings down, he heard from his Zayda, the Bnei Saschar, that the Balei HaToysvus, the night before they were murdered, they continued to learn the most difficult, and write the most difficult Toysvus in, in Maruba and Babakama, and some of it they wrote in blood. The night before. Anyway, the Bnei Saschar brings a very important diok in the Tefillah of Al-Hanisim, which by the way, who wrote the Tefillah of Al-Hanisim? The Rishonim said it was written by none other than Yoichanan Kayingadal. There are either 124 words in Alanisim, Gematria Yoichanan, or 125 words in Alanisim, where Yoichanan Mibne An Vesanusa wrote a tefillah with one more word than the numerical value of his name. We say, Kisha'amda Malchus Yavan Harasha Al Amcha Yisrael. Who are the Jewish people? They're God's people. And then we say, Ula Amcha Yisrael Asisa Chuagda were his people. But by the end of Alanisim, the Achar Kain Ba'u Banecha. So while in the beginning of the story the Greeks stood up against the Jewish people, by the end of the story, your children came back into the Hechal. Why the switch of expression from Amcha to Banecha? Especially the Rambam writes, the Iker text of the Alanisim is V'achar kein bo'u banecha. This is a very important part of the Alanisim. Why is this so important? Here's another uh, interesting question. The Bereshus Rabbah tells us on the Pasuk, that this refers to the four exiles, the four Golosim. Aretzhoisosoyhu refers to Golos Bavel, number eight. Vayhu refers to Madai. Choyshech refers to Yavan. That they darkened the eyes of the Jewish people with their decrees. They made us ride on the horn of an ox. Ein lochem chilek belekei Yisrael. You ever hear of that decree? They made us ride on the horn of an ox. We have no share in the God of Israel. That would be like uh, today. Um, making, forcing us to write on our cars, on a bumper sticker. Right? That's a, a, me, a, a method of communication. So they would make us write on the horn of an ox, Ein lochem chelak Yisrael. So according to this medrash, it would seem that the decree of the Greeks was we had to write on the horn of an ox, that we have no share in the God of Israel. How does that coincide? How could that be reconciled with that which Chazal say? 
that the Greeks decreed that we cannot observe Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. So what was it? On the one hand, the Medrash says the decree of the Greeks was we were forced to ride on the horn of an ox, Ein Lochem Chelek Velekei Yisrael. And on the other hand, we know they abolish Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. Which one was it? Asks the Chida in the Reish David and Parshas Miketz. The Chida brings a fantastic remez. When Yosef HaTzadik was preparing Paroi for the years of famine, Yosef says, Yasef Aroi v'yavkei pekidim al ha'aretz v'chimesh aseretz mitzrayim. V'chimesh, literally prepare. Arm. Mezayin, prepare the land of Egypt. Says Chida, Yosef HaTzadik was alluding to Paroi that the way the Jews are going to get out of Egypt is v'chimesh, through the following three mitzvahs, Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. That the Jewish people will be proficient in these three mitzvahs, and this will be the zechus to get them out of Mitzrayim. What is so significant about Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos? And the Chidah says something very important. We know that we share many relationships with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Sometimes we call God our mother, sometimes we call Him our sister, but the most important concept in Judaism, the Chida writes, the Yesoid Musad, from the day we left Egypt until today, is She'anachnu Banim Lamakim. The main principle upon which everything stands. By the way, the Nesiva Shalom writes, this is the cornerstone principle in the Chumash, that we are the children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Which mitzvahs demonstrate that we are considered the children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? The Chida says Shabbos, why is it that if a Gentile keeps Shabbos, they're Chayiv Misa? Well, what do they do? They, what do they do that's so terrible? Why can't they observe Shabbos? Why is Goisha Shabbos Chayiv Misa? The answer is Shabbos is Sharvito Shalmakim, is the scepter of the king. If somebody dares pick up the scepter, God rested on the seventh day. So this is something that belongs to the king. It's a possession of the king. So if anyone dares to rest on the Shabbos, they're picking up the scepter of the king. But we as the children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, only we are authorized to pick up the king's scepter. If somebody in the palace were to pick up the king's scepter, Achas Dasay except for the king's child. If the king's child would pick up a scepter, the king would give him a little knip on the cheek and say, Azisa Taira Yingala. The, the king would be proud of his child. So we're all allowed to keep Shabbos because Shabbos demonstrates we are Banim Lamakim. <coughs> Chida says Rosh Chodesh, the fact that we could mistakenly proclaim a certain day as Rosh Chodesh, and even though it's wrong, Hashem will go along with it, that demonstrates that Hashem is our loving Father. Atem, 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 atem afilu shaygigen, afilu mezidim, afilu mutayim. Rosh Chodesh demonstrates that we are the children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Mila as well, the Zara Kadosh says, that someone who has the sign of the Mila, it's a sign that he's a child of the Almighty. These three mitzvahs demonstrate we are Banim Lamakai. Now it was very important for us to have this status of being Banim Lamakim to get out of Egypt. Because we were supposed to be in Egypt 410 years. Why did we get out early? Because of the Koishi Hashibod. We basically worked too hard. It was intense bondage. If you go to a king and you tell the king, 
you know, I think you should let this person go out early because uh, they worked more intensely. Who cares? They're a criminal. It doesn't matter. The decree is X number of years and X number of years it will be. The king will only pay attention to the increased bondage if the king has a special relationship with the prisoner, namely if it's the king's child. The only way we're getting out of Egypt early because of the Koishi Ashibod is if the Riban Sham considers us his child and this way he could allow the intense bondage to account for overtime. So Yosef HaTzadik understood that if we're going to get out of Egypt early, we must establish ourselves as Bonim Lamakim, and therefore Yosef said, They need to observe Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. This way, the 210 will be reckoned as 430. Really, they didn't even work 210, they really only worked 86 years, one fifth of 430, right? The matter says from the birth of Miriam, that's when it became really bitter. So they only worked 86 years in Egypt. That's why on Pesach, how many Kaisers do we have? Four. Christ is 86. We got out 486s early. We only worked 186. The first Christ got us out 86. Second Christ, another 86. Third Christ, the third 86. Fourth Christ, another 86. That means we were let out of Egypt how many years early? 344. That's why if, some, if there are decrees against the Jewish people, it's called Shmad, 344. It's as if God is saying, you need to go back and do the 344 years that you went out early of Egypt. Shmad. That's why the Gezeros of Goyim are called Shmad, because we got out of Egypt instead of 430 80, after 86. Who could take us out of those 344 years? Somebody who's 345. Who's 345. Moshe is 345. Says, God, you have the one numeral more than 344 to uh, take the Jews out of the extra 344 years. This is something the Chida writes about in dozens of places. So therefore, Yosef HaTzadik had to establish our connection to God as his children. However, (coughs) the Yavanim, they only made one decree against the Jewish people. They said, You have no share in God. What does it mean we're the children of God? You ever wonder about that? How are we the children of God? A father is someone who contributes to the DNA of the descendant. How could you say that about the Almighty? How is God our Father? In what way is God our Father? The Chida's great-grandfather was a great Makobo by the name of the Chesed Liavram. Chesed Lavram writes that we say in, in Hazinu, Ki chelek Hashem Amoy. A piece of God are His people. That our physical DNA, of course, is not a piece of God's physical being. God doesn't have a physical being. But the neshama of the Jew is a chelek of God. Ki chelek Hashem Amoy. The concept that we are banam lamakaim is that is enunciated in the words ki chelak Hashem amai. We maintain that only the Jewish people are a chelak of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That spiritual component, which the Chesed Avram explains, makes it that the nature of the Jew is to want to do mitzvahs, to want kedusha, to be connected to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, is from the fact that we are a piece of the divine. The concept that we are Banim Lamakoim emanates from the Pasuk, Ki Chelek Hashem Amai. Therefore the Yavanim said, 
What they were saying are, you're not Banim Lamakaim. Don't say, we, I don't want to hear you're a Chelek of Hashem. Ain't right on the horn of an ox. Why the horn of an ox? Who's the ox? Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef is the Bechar Shar, the Chida says. Yosef established that the Jewish people will forever be the Banim Lamakaim. Through Chaydesh, Mila, and Shabbos, they said, right on the horn of an ox. You guys are not children. And therefore, the way they went about doing that is by abolishing which mitzvahs, Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. So it's not two disparate decrees. It was one decree. The decree was, you should write, you're not children. How are you no longer the children of the Almighty? By abolishing the three mitzvahs of Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. Another connection to the Karen Hashar, because actually, there was a time in history, the Gras says that, we perhaps lost an element of being Banam Lamakim, namely by the Chet Ha'egal. By the Chet Ha'egal, the Medrash says, we lost that Mala of being Kichelek Hashem Amoy. So therefore, they were reminding us, don't say you, you're always the children of Hashem. Right on the horn of an ox, they were drumming up the Chet Ha'egal. That was a time in history that we weren't fully fledged the children of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore be Mavatel Chodesh Milan Shabbos. By the way, you know there's a famous question. You ever hear this question? Did this question ever make, make it to Manchester? Why is Hanukkah eight days? It should really be seven days because a miracle was only seven days. You ever hear that question? Pinchas, they, they know that this question? The question of the Yosef? The famous, the most famous question in Judaism, right? When I was a kid, there were a hundred answers to this question. Now there's a Sefer already. I saw in Lakewood, 500 answers to this question. It's a lot of answers to one question, right? What? He gives his own answer. It's not even his question, by the way. It comes from the Rishon before him. Somehow they credit him with the question. Anyway, I have a, forget that question. I have a better question. Rabbi Yisrael wants to know Hanukkah seven days. Hanukkah should be nine days. Sake of the Yomah. Some people want less Hanukkah. I want more Hanukkah. Why don't we have nine days of Hanukkah? You have, you have nine days of Sukkot over here in Chosaretz. Why don't you have nine days of Hanukkah? What? So you say on, on Drabana, you don't say Sveika the Yaima. Not so Pashat. Because they ask, why don't you say Sveika the Yaima on Purim? And the answer is because it says Velayavar. You can't go by the, past the 14th and the 15th. But it doesn't say Velayavar by Chanukah. That implies by Drabanans, you could say Sveika the Yaima. So why don't you say Sveika the Yaima on Chanukah? So the Chidag is a brilliant answer. Ready for this? The whole decree of the Greeks was to abolish Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. Every Chanukah has a Shabbos in it. Sometimes two Shabbos Chanukah. Every Chanukah has Rosh Chodesh in it. But where is there a Mila? The answer is the fact that it's eight days is a remez to Mila. If you would make nine days, it would abolish the whole reason for Chanukah. The whole purpose of Chanukah. Some even answer the Beis Yosef's question. Chanukah should be seven days. The answer is no. It's eight days, a remez to Mila. But then if you're going to make it nine days, it's like you lose the whole Mila remez. So Chanukah is to remember the three great mitzvahs that we were able to preserve. Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. Being able to re, uh, um, retain the status of being Banim Lamakayim.
And therefore, says the Bnei Yisachar, when they stood up, they said, you guys, maybe you're God's people, but you're not His children. The Achar came, but then when the miracle of Hanukkah happened, who came back to the temple? The Achar came, that's the whole miracle of Hanukkah. So we are Chelek means we are a Chelek and we are the Rebbe Hashem's children. Now, why does your mayor love Hanukkah so much? It's starting to become very clear. You know the Gemara in Kedushin, Daf, Lam, and Vav? This is my favorite. I love this, speaking about this. What is our relationship with God? So Rabbi Huda has the most convenient way to describe our relationship with God. If you behave, you're his children. If you don't behave, you're not his children. Right? Don't you wish you could say that about your kids? You know, you take them somewhere, you take them on a Cholomai trip, they're not behaving. Somebody says, who are these people? I don't know, I'm babysitting for the day, I really don't, I'm not sure who they are. And when they behave and they're, they're davening good and chill, who are they? They're my children. You know, that's what Behuda says. God has this very convenient way of relating to us. And Reb Meir famously says, We're always the children of Hashem. Now, who do we paskin like? <coughs> now, there's a halacha in Shasagmar and Ervin that, first of all, we always paskin like Reb Yehuda. Second of all, Gemara Ervin says, we never paskin like Reb Meir, ever. Why? There was nobody like him. He was the deepest of all the Tanaim. Why didn't they establish the halacha like him? Nobody knew what the man was talking about. He was too deep. Nobody understood. You know, he, he knew what he was saying, but nobody else understood what he was saying. There are a lot of people like that. We hope they know what they're saying, but... We didn't, nobody could understand Rameir. So typically the halacha is not like Rameir. Comes Shailas Uchivas Harajva, Simon Kovtzalidad, Simon Reishman Beis, and he says this is the one exception to the rule that in this machloikis we paskin like Rameir. Why? Because Rameir in the Gemara Kedushin cites four psukim that, that he's correct. Banim Emon bam. Banim Zeramareim, Banim Mashchisim. Banim Sechalim, B'nei Kelchai. He quotes four psukim, and the Gemara says, not only are, when we're foolish are we His children, not only are we, when we're sinful are, are we His children, not only when we're Oivnei Avodah Zara are we His children, and not only are we His children, we're considered good children, even when we're sinful. Since Rameir quotes four psukim to support him, this is the exception to the rule that we paskin like Rav Meir. By the way, there are many other reasons why we paskin like Rav Meir in this Machlaikas. There's a sefer from one of the uh, early Mikubalim called the Emes Yaakov, Rav Yaakov Shaltiel Nunya, who writes the reason why we paskin like Rav Meir is because since this b'risa is explaining only Shitas Rav Meir, why did Rav Meir quote four psukim to tell me even, even if we're of the Avadazar, we're children, the fact that the Brisa is discussing Shitas Rav Meir indicates the halacha is like Rav Meir. Rabbi Huda Maimon 
says the reason why the halacha is like Rav Meir is because typically Rav Meir is quoted first as the Tanakama, and then Rav Yehuda is quoted. And in this b'raisa, first Rav Yehuda is quoted, and then Rav Meir, to indicate Rav Meir has the, fi- the final word in this machlekes. The Emes Yaakov says another amazing reason why the halacha is like Rav Meir. He says, what's the reason why typically we don't pass him like Rav Meir? It's because nobody knew what he's talking about. But regarding our relationship with God, it's not about whether we understand Rameir, it's about whether He understands Rameir. And the Almighty definitely understands Rameir. It's only because But God definitely understands Rameir. So in determining our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God will paskin like Rameir that we're His children. By the way, the Satmar Rebbe says that now we understand the tefillah on Rosh Hashanah Im kebanim, im ka'avadim. Im kebanim, rachameinu, karachim avalbanim. God, either we're like sons or like servants. If we're like sons, treat us like a son. The im ka'avadim, eneinu l'chatuluyais. And if we're like avadim, then our eyes hinge on you. What do you mean, if we're like avadim? What do you mean, if we're like avadim? I thought we passed like Rav Meir, and we're always considered his children. Says the Samar Rebbe, you read it as follows. Im kibanim, if we act like God's children, even Rabbi Yehuda will maintain we're like his children. But v'im ka'avadim, and if we don't act like God's children, our eyes hinge on you that you could come down and understand the Shita of Rameir and Paskin like Rameir even though we don't understand the Shita of Rameir. Let me tell you a fifth reason why we Paskin like Rameir. And this is the reasoning of Rabbi Vadi Yosef. Ready for this? We never Paskin like Rameir. But, because we always Paskin like Rabbi Huda. But there is a story. The story was, Tornus Rufus Harasha once met his friend Rabbi Akiva, and he said, Hey, Rabbi Akiva, does God love the poor? Akiva said, Yeah, he loves them. So Tornus Rufus said, Why doesn't he feed them? So Akiva says, So we could get Oilam Haba by feeding them. So Tornus Rufus says, You're going to go to Gehenim if you feed the poor, if you give charity. The Almighty made a decree this person shouldn't have money. You're contravening the decree of the king if you give charity. I know a lot of people that hold like Tornus Rufus. You're contravening the decree of the king. If the king would put his servant in jail and say, no one feed him, and someone comes and feeds him, you're a rebel. Rabbi Kiva said, bad mashal, bad parable. If the king put his kid in jail and said, nobody feed him, if someone comes and feeds the kid, the king would reward the benefactor. We are the children of Hashem. Says Rabbi Vadya, that means Rabbi Akiva is paskining that even when we're sinful, we're considered Hashem's children. That means Rabbi Akiva is paskining like Rabbi Meir. So even though when you have a machloikis, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir, the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, but halacha Rabbi Akiva mechaverav, we always paskin like Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva, through the mitzvah of tzedakah, demonstrates that we are always banam lamaka. Chanukah, the light of Chanukah, the miracle of Chanukah was Rebbe <coughs> establishing that we always retain our status of 
That yesh lanu chelak that we are a piece of our father. We are banim lamakar. That was demonstrated by the fact that they wanted to abolish Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos, but we retain those mitzvahs. Therefore, Rav Meir, who it was his mantra, his worldview, what's the worldview of Rav Meir? Bein kachu, bein kach nikra and banim. So which yomtif would he always seek to invoke? Which yomtif did he always try to tap into the light of? Reb Meir would always go around saying, Elaka de Meir be'ene'enenu in the zman of Chanukah hu ya'nenu. Why was Reb Meir so attached to Chanukah? Because Reb Meir is the Baal HaMemra, is Reb Meir's position. We are always the children of Hashem. And that worldview of Reb Meir was ratified and was established through the miracle of Hanukkah. That is why Rav Meir specifically always referenced and always invoked the miracle of Hanukkah, because that great miracle of Klal Yisrael is really the worldview of Rav Meir, that benkach, benkach, nekram, banim, and therefore what mitzvah do we endeavor to perform specifically on Hanukkah? Tzedakah. Because Tzedakah demonstrates we are banim lamakayim. If we weren't Banu Lamakayim, we wouldn't even be allowed to give tzedakah. It would be like Tornus Rufus said, if the king decrees that his servant should be jailed and someone comes and gives money to the servant, that is a, it's a crime. And therefore, a mayor is very much connected. His soul is connected to the Yomtev of Hanukkah. And his tefillah is Elokah, <coughs> the mayor, Anini. And I'll tell you a little secret. Even though tradition has it that the yard site of Rameir is the 14th day of Iyar, Pesach Sheni, the uh, Benishchai and the Stechemid write, there is no evidence that Rameir's yard site is on that day. In fact, they write historically that Tiveria was uh, jealous of the city of uh, Meiron. And they said, hey, everyone goes up to Meiron to visit Reb Shimon. Why don't you come visit uh, some of the Kvarim in Tiveria? They said, when should we come? Um, so they said, why don't you come Pesach Sheni? For what? They said, well, you're going to make up a Yoyma de Hilula? You can't just make up a Yoyma de Hilula because then people are not going to say Tachnon. So they said, so come Pesach Sheni, people don't say Tachnon anyway. And uh, that's really how this custom of celebrating Rav Meir's yard site developed. However, if you look in the Benesh Chai, the Benesh Chai writes, Rosh Chodesh Teves on Chanukah, light a candle, Bishchus Rav Meir Balanes. And some suggest that the real yard site of the great Tanner Meir is on Hanukkah itself, that that's the actual yard site. But be it as it may, Rav Meir is very much intertwined in the Yantaf of Hanukkah. His tefillah of Elokah de Meir Aneni, as he's asking the Rebbein you who illuminated our eyes in the times of Hanukkah, to establish for all times that we retain Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos, that Yeshlan Uchelek Belkei Yisrael, Rameir would always pray, Alaka, the mayor, Anini. So if you lose your sock, or you lose your toothbrush, or you lose your keys, people say, Alaka, the mayor, Anini. What's a, why is it Rameir's problem that you lost your car keys? Why are we invoking Rameir? Here, the guy lost his car keys. It's Rameir's problem that, that he lost his car keys? So we know that the spiritual world reflects the physical world. And 
Rav Meir maintains, we're always Hashem's children, which means no matter how far we fall, we can always come back. We're never lost. In the world of Rav Meir, nothing's ever lost. So if Rav Meir holds in the spiritual world, nothing's ever lost, your car keys are never lost, and your toothbrush is never lost. In the worldview of Rameir, you could always find your lost objects. And if you could find your lost objects, then if you're lost and we're lost, we're not lost. We're always with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's our loving Father. He's always rooting us on to come even closer to Him. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu answer the great tefillah, El HaKadosh Aneinu, and illuminate our eyes with the greatest miracle of the Biyaskal Tzedek, Mimheri Amenu, Amen. Thank you, everyone. If anybody wants, there's actually, um, we have a, a sefer on the great town of Mayor Balanes. Just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.